Welcome to Get Out of Your Damn Way. Inspired by coaching conversations with high-performing women, we talk about what life looks like chasing dreams and reaching goals while preventing the bitchy inner mean girl from flying the plane. And now, here's your host, the inner mean girl whisperer, lifter of women, empowerment, and confidence coach, Dr. Amy Boyd. Hi there. I am excited to be here with you today. We are going to be diving into the one thing that prevents you from getting what you want. So our coaching theme for October, Inside Write the Damn Dissertation, is Boo, Facing the Scary. And inside our community, me and my coaches present coaching calls each week on the coaching theme of the month. And at the time of this recording, it's the beginning of October. So we are focusing this month on looking at the scary, facing the scary. And even though you may not be writing a dissertation, I really think that what we're going to talk about today will resonate with you. So some of the members of our community freak out when I ask them, what do you want? And it's no surprise, I myself had no idea what I wanted until I was in my 40s. And so the question seems so big. I knew what people expected of me, but I really didn't know what I wanted. And so when I started to do this work, uh, this is where I I was able to uncover what it is I really wanted in my life. So in our coaching call, so there were two parts of my coaching. The first is if when I ask you what you want scares you. And then the second part is once you figure out what you want, if what you want actually scares you. And so I walked our community through different questions that you can ask yourself as you uncover what you want and then what you do with that information next. And once you do the work in identifying what you truly want, not what others expect of you and not what a social media influencer has that you may want, but really what you want, once you know what you want, you can't ever unknow it. So we have this nudge from the universe to create. It will always be there. Some of us are afraid of the nudge, so we put it away and we've accustomed to, you know, kind of a a playing it safe, like taking the next logical step, maintaining the status quo. For some of us, settling for a mediocre life because you may not know you're worthy of better, or maybe you don't believe it could be better, that it's too much work, or maybe you're afraid. And so you settle. This is, life is fine, right? It's not bad, it's fine. There may also be a fear of what people think when you do have it. And one of the things that came up in our discussion, our coaching call this week, and something I think that single-handedly keeps us from going after what we really want is people-pleasing. And I know I attract a lot of women like me in our community, and people-pleasing is where you put someone else's needs ahead of your own. People pleasers are very highly attuned to other people and what other people want. 
And they're often agreeable, helpful, and kind. However, people pleasers have trouble advocating for themselves, which can lead to a harmful pattern of really self-neglect. So if you're thinking you could be a people pleaser, but you aren't quite sure, here's something to think about. If you have a difficult time saying no, if you're preoccupied with what other people might think, if you feel guilty when you tell people no, if you fear that turning people down will make them think you're mean or selfish, if you agree to do things you don't like or do things you don't want to do, if you struggle with feelings of low self-esteem, low self-worth, if you want people to like you and feel that doing things for them will earn their approval, if you're always telling people you're sorry, if you take the blame, even when it's not your fault, maybe you never have any free time because you're always doing things for other people. If you neglect your own needs in order to do things for others, maybe you pretend to agree with people even though you feel differently, then you may be a people pleaser. Like I said, people pleasers tend to be really good at tuning into what others are feeling. They're empathetic, they're thoughtful, they're caring. And these positive qualities may also come with a poor self-image. It also comes with the quality of having the tendency to overachieve. So this is just something to think about. Because when we set a big goal out there, when we set, when we, when we know what we want, we don't want anyone to feel small or left behind when we go after big goals. When you operate from the people pleaser identity, you're not being authentic, you're not being vulnerable, and you're not being trustworthy because you've created a mask that keeps you safe from others seeing who you really are. You make yourself smaller and operate as someone you're not. We all have the need to belong. And when we, when we grow and we open in doing something big, I like to think that we're figuratively disrupting homeostasis, disrupting the equilibrium in our social group. The educator in me, when I think about setting big goals, when I think about people pleasing, and the fact that as humans, we have the innate desire to belong, this has the potential to put us in a bit of a bind. And so when I'm thinking about belonging, and sometimes when we identify a big goal, I really want to think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You can take the girl out of the classroom, but you can't take the classroom out of the girl. (laughs) Maslow's hierarchy of needs is that theory of psychology that explains human motivation based on the pursuit of different levels of needs. And when you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if you can imagine, now this will be a graphic in the show notes, but if you imagine a triangle and you have at the very base, the triangle is cut up into different sections. There's five sections. When you look at the very base level of that triangle, those are our physiological needs. And our physiological needs, those we need in order to survive. So some examples of our physiological needs are our need for food, water, breathing, and maintaining homeostasis. And in addition to to those elements is the basic requirement of nutrition, air, temperature regulation, 
And physiological needs also include shelter and clothing. So with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, every you can't have the next rung or the next section without making sure that the that the section below is met. And so physiological are our basic needs. And then we have security and safety needs. And that's at the second level of Maslow's hierarchy. And that's where our needs start to become a little more complex. So at this level, the need is for security and safety. People want control and order in their lives. Some of the basic security and safety needs to include things like financial security, health and wellness. So for some of us, that means health insurance and health care, contributing money to a savings account or retirement account, moving to a safer neighborhood. Those are all examples of actions motivated by security and safety needs. So together, the safety and the physiological levels of Maslow's hierarchy of needs made up the what we refer to as basic needs. So those first two sections. And then we move into social needs. And the social needs is the third section as you move up into the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And that includes love, acceptance, and belonging. And at this level, the need for emotional relationships drives our behavior. Some of the things that satisfy this need include friendships, family relationships, social groups, community groups. And in order to avoid loneliness and depression and anxiety, it's important for people to feel loved and accepted by others. So when we're thinking about you know, setting a big goal out there and, and trying to reach it, we may be disrupting the homeostasis in our environment of belonging, in our social groups. And this is just something that we get to be aware of. At the fourth level in Maslow's hierarchy is the need for appreciation and respect. Once the needs at the bottom three levels have been satisfied, then esteem needs to begin to play a more prominent role in motivating behavior. And so this, again, is the need for appreciation and respect for, from other people. People need to have to accomplish things and have their efforts be recognized. And this is where people need to sense that they're valued by others and feel like they're making a contribution in, in the world. And then you have at the very top, now before I move forward, esteem needs and social needs are your psychological needs. The safety and physiological needs are those basic needs. Belonging and esteem are the psychological needs. And then you move into self-actualization, which is self-awareness. And that is at the very peak, the top of the triangle of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And self-actualizing people are self-aware. They're concerned with personal growth. They are less concerned with the opinions of others. And they are 100% interested in fulfilling their own potential. They are people who have developed or are developing their full stature of which they're capable. And so sometimes knowing Maslow's hierarchy of needs 
Sometimes when we go after something big, like committing to starting a podcast or writing a book or starting your own business, enrolling in a PhD or EDD program, deciding to live the hashtag van life or climb a mountain or write a screenplay or put yourself out there as an actor, or it could even be committing to personal development your personal development transformation. There are risks involved with claiming what you want. You risk disrupting your sense of belonging. So what if I know what I want, but I don't know if the risk is worth it? And I want to talk about this for a second. It's a legitimate question. So it's beneficial to take a look at the answers to that question. What are the risks? A big risk is what would other people think? What other people expect of you and your ability to meet those expectations can determine your self-worth. Some people will not like the version of you that chases dreams. Some of your loved ones may be intimidated, threatened, or maybe feeling left behind. They may not like your muchness, the term Dr. Tara, our director of mentorship with Write the Damn Dissertation. She coined that term and we use it all the time in our community. Our muchness. They might not like our muchness. We are smart. We're complex. We are heart-centered. We're high achievers. We're emotional. And we tend to get in our own way. Some people may not like our muchness. And what I see is that people pleasers may struggle with truly opening up to their desires because it comes with a risk, the risk that other people may not approve of your playing bigger, the risk that others may not approve of your aspirations and your dreams. You may disappoint other people as you reach for your dreams. It may mean that you change your mind about something you were doing before. Maybe you stop doing it to do something else. It may mean that you become a different version of yourself that other people aren't supporting or aren't liking. Maybe the new version of you thinks differently. Maybe the new version of you uses time differently. And when this happens, courage becomes really important. When it comes to honoring the nudge, that spark within you to reach a big goal, to honor your desire, to honor your want, you get to either ignore it for now or you go for it. When you ignore it for now, I just want to make sure I'm saying that doesn't mean that you lock it in a closet forever. What it does mean is that you let it build a little. You bring the idea out to play every once in a while. Get curious as to why you don't do anything with it, though. What is a want that you don't even acknowledge because it makes you so afraid you tuck it away? It's normal to be afraid when you acknowledge your wants and your desires. You can expect it. Fear is all part of the process. Your big goal doesn't make you better than anyone. It doesn't make you more worthy. You are already worthy. You were born worthy. It also may not make your life any happier. It just makes you feel fulfilled. It makes you feel like you've tapped into your life as it evolves and as you find your purpose, which may also change too. 
And so when we think about people pleasers, people pleasers may choose to ignore the nudge. But when you play small, everyone loses. No one wins. You lose in never truly feeling like you're aligned to receive exactly what you want. The world loses the impact that you'll make on it. The lives changed. The people you you will inspire. The people who will see you, who would see you, as an example of what's possible for them. In reality, there are actually very few people who 100% will fully support you in pursuit of those big goals and dreams that you have. So that brings up the question, what do you do when others don't support your goals and dreams? And I'd like to point out the reason why others may not support your dreams. Number one, they may just be trying to protect you. Whenever people are unsupportive of our goals and dreams, especially those closest to us, it's often because they're just trying to protect us. What you're doing is stepping out into the scary. I remember when I, when I first got out of education and created my own business, it didn't make any sense to anyone except for me. But you're giving up your 401k, but you're giving up all these years of service. But I knew I had a larger calling. The reality is very few people can honestly raise their hands and say that they are pursuing their own goals and dreams. Most people are going the safe route in life. And because of that, they associate going after something bigger and better as dangerous and risky. They might be thinking that you're setting yourself up for failure if you go after your goals and dreams, and they want to protect you from that. So they make it known that they're not supportive. So as misguided as it is, a big reason that people may not support your goals and dreams is because they love and care enough about you to not want to see you struggle. So that's the first reason. The second reason is that they may actually be triggered by you. They don't believe it's possible for them. It's not even about you. It's about them. Most people aren't chasing their own goals and dreams. So when someone comes along who is, sometimes it makes them feel bad about themselves. It brings out other, their fears and insecurities within themselves. It may show to you as others being unsupportive or in sabotaging your success. We also know people, or maybe you are or were someone, that tried to downplay others' wins. The truth is, when we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and we look at self-actualization, that is where you keep going because you also don't give a shit about what anyone thinks of you. Because the truth is, you don't need them to support you. And when we disrupt the need to belong, sometimes it means outgrowing people, finding another support system where you're connected to other people who have big dreams that they want to accomplish. Rising tides lift all ships. Find your community. Find your support system. Join our private Facebook group. Get out of your damn way pod squad on Facebook, where we are chasing big dreams and supporting each other while we do it. That is all for today. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day, and I hope to see you soon. Bye for now. 
Thanks for listening to the Get Out of Your Damn Way podcast with Dr. Amy Boyd. For all the links and resources mentioned on today's show, bonus content, and to join our secret community, head over to getoutofyourdamnway.com. If you have a friend who would benefit from this episode, be kind and share. Until next time, keep taking inspired action toward those big dreams. Oh,